And the Lord sort of confirmed that with the prayers. And uh, we've had a little bit of a hectic time here, and I, I don't feel 100% prepared, but it's good to feel your dependence, isn't it? I would like us to turn to, um, we'll start in Genesis chapter 4. In verse 16, been praying about the gospel, reaching out to others, these prayer times that we've heard about, different ones, going to different cities, praying about the needs. In verse 16, it says, Cain went out from the presence of the Lord. And I think that is... Um, the the situation in a nutshell as to the condition of lost ones in this world. Man has gone out from the presence of the Lord. Turn with me also to John chapter 8. John chapter 8 and verse 48. Then answered the Jews and said unto him, Say we not well that thou art a Samaritan and hath a devil? Jesus answered, I have no devil. You will notice that he doesn't object to the accusation of being a Samaritan but he does object to the accusation of having a devil. With that in mind, can we turn to Luke chapter 10? Luke chapter 10, verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tempted him, saying, Master, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said unto him, What is written in the law? How readest thou? And he answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. And he said unto him, Thou hast answered right. This do, and thou shalt live. But he, willing to justify himself, said unto Jesus, And who is my neighbor? 
Jesus answering said, a certain Samaritan went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now we'll just back up a little bit here. In uh, 2 Kings chapter 17, trying to put these thoughts together, and verse 24, it tells us that the king of Assyria brought men from Babylon and Kutha and from Ava and from Hamath and from Sepharvaim and placed them in the cities of Samaria instead of the children of Israel. Trying to see if we can get this picture in our minds. The Jews had no dealings with the Samaritans. We know that the Gentiles were considered unclean. Here we have, when the king of Assyria came and took all the children of Israel out of Samaria, he brought in five different people, five different nations. So it was not just a Gentile community, it was a community mixed of five different nations. In the eye of the Jewish people, these were more polluted than just the Gentiles on their own. And you'll remember, we have a representative of Samaria with the woman at the well. How many husbands did she have? Five. She was despised by the people of Samaria who were despised by the Jews. She was the lowest of the low. And I hope I don't offend anybody with this, but that is all of us. We had turned away from God. We had gone our own way. And until the Lord reaches down into our hearts and shows us our need for himself, we were happy to go on that broad road that leads to destruction. Samaria. So when they call the Lord a Samaritan, it wasn't, you know, many years ago when I first was reading this, I was thinking that's just a, a silly name that you might hear children call other children on the playground. But no, there was something very serious behind it. They were saying to Jesus, you are not at all received here. You are as those that are polluted to the utmost. We don't want you. Thou art a Samaritan and hath a devil. Well, now, back in Luke chapter 10, a certain Samaritan. I'm under the impression when we have that expression, a certain something, we've got something real that the Lord is bringing before us. I think we have here Christ in his approach to man that was so, so 
despised and so so downtrodden, but he comes to us in our need. It says, a certain Samaritan went down. <laughs> yes, if you were going from Jerusalem to Jericho, along the old road, as I'm told, you go down. You go down, and it goes down a long ways. And it goes down through these through these sheer cliffs on both sides of this pathway. It's an excellent place for robbers. It's an excellent place for the lions. It's an excellent place for getting trapped into something you don't want. But it's the quickest road from Jerusalem to Jericho. The Lord came down. He came down solo to meet the lowest of man in his need. The Lord came down. He emptied himself. What a wonderful Savior we have. He came down to where you and I were. And he loved us. And he showed that love in everything that he's done. Went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. This man, certain man, went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. He fell among thieves and was stripped of his raiment and wounded and departed, leaving him half dead. That's an unusual expression, half dead. But that's where we all were before we came to Christ. We were dead to Christ. We might have been alive to the many pleasures and many uh, attractions of this world, but we were half dead. And I don't think we realized how bad our condition was until the Lord pointed that out and showed us that we, we had a need that only he could meet, half dead. And then it says, by chance, there came down a certain priest that way. Man's religion can do nothing to help a person in their sin that needs a savior. Man, man's religion only makes it worse. This certain priest saw him. What did he do? You would have thought he would have gone, tried to help this poor fellow. No, he passed by on the other side. And likewise, a Levite, when he was at the place, came and looked on him and passed by on the other side as well. They both represent certain characteristics of religion, mere religion, without Christ. But a certain Samaritan, I'm convinced this is a picture of Jesus coming to where you and I were. And it says, he journeyed. <laughs> he had an object. It wasn't by chance like the other two. No, Jesus had an object. He came for a purpose. He came, he journeyed, he had a...
this tells us of the Lord's incarnation. When the Lord first came, came into this world, he came to where we were. And when he saw him, it says in John 11:35, Jesus wept. Not because Lazarus died, but because of the reason that death was there. Sin had come in. And look at the awful results of sin. Death. Jesus wept. He had compassion on him. And Jesus had compassion on every one of us. Jesus died for his enemies. He gave himself a ransom for many. Gives us a picture of the life of Christ. And it says he bound up his wounds. I like to think that happened on the cross. He poured in oil and wine, the giving of the Spirit, see Acts chapter 2, verses 4 and 47. He set him on his own beast. He elevated him into a place of blessing, and we all are aware of that. Every one of us that know Christ as Savior, we've been elevated. We've been brought into the nearness of God. We are children of God. We've been adopted into the family. We have blessings that we can't number. We've been elevated into a place of real blessing. And then it says, he brought him to an end. And I'm under the impression that what we have here is the truth of the church, the assembly, the body of Christ, seen in First and Second Corinthians. And it says, and took care of him, took care of him. And here, as he brings him to the end, the, the church, we might say, we find it's a place like in Second Timothy chapter 3, where he was thoroughly furnished. There are those there that are thoroughly furnished able to take care of those that come along that were once battered by the effects of sin. And on the morrow, he departed. I believe we have a picture here of his ascension. And they were watching him, and they saw him go up in the cloud. And the two angels stood by, say, you men of, said, men of Jerusalem, why stand ye gazing? He's going to come back in the same way that he went. He took out two pence. We don't want to make a big deal of this, but I do enjoy the thought that a penny was a wage for a day, and a day is as a thousand years, and it's two thousand years since the Lord has left this scene. It's over two thousand years, but you'll remember that when Noah built the ark, and all of the animals were in the ark, there were yet another seven days that that door stood open. Seven days. Yes, we've gone beyond the 2,000-year mark. Yes, the day of grace has been extended. Could it be that there are yet those that need to be brought into blessing by the gospel? The ark is a beautiful picture. All of those animals, 
Some came from the mountains. Some came from the swamps. Some came from the desert. Some came from many different habitats. That's like all of us. But we all had to come in at the same door if we were going to be safe in Jesus. Only one door, only one way. Might call people from many different walks of life, from, the, from those that have fallen into the deepest of sin, into the gutter that this, this man had fallen into, and from those who might be thinking of themselves as the highest of society. They're all sinners. There was an incident that took place in uh, Birmingham in England. A series of gospel meetings. And one night there was a man there, was from the, we might say, the lower rungs of the ladder. He found Christ that night. And he rejoiced in the fact that his sins were forgiven. He went back to his place of employment, and the lady that hired him to be her chauffeur, her driving the carriage and whatever at the time, he was telling her what happened, how he found peace, and she wanted to get peace. So she went along the next night to the series of gospel meetings, and after the meeting, she went up to the speaker and said, "My." My servant was here last night, and he tells me he was saved. And he says, I know who you mean, a dear man. He says, she says to him, what do I need to do to be saved? And he went through the gospel message with her and was all done. She said, oh, no, no, that's how my servant was saved. That's not for me. Yes, some people think themselves too good for the simple gospel. He gave these two pence to the host. I'm convinced that's a beautiful picture of the Spirit of God. And he said to the host, he said, take care of him. And yes, the Spirit is another comforter. He cares for us. He watches over us. He helps us. He guides us. What a wonderful position we're in to be in the, the body of Christ where there are others that that show an interest in each one of us, in our needs, and we pray for each other, and we seek to help where we can, and, and, and there's a real love for each other. It's a beautiful picture. Sad to say, in some settings, it's not always that way, but that's the way it should be. Caring for each other. Take care of him. And whatsoever thou spendest more, when I come again, I will repay thee. I don't know how much longer it's going to be before Christ comes. Who is our neighbor? Yes, they're all our neighbors. And I like to think that that man that was left there half dead, that was the Samaritan approached him and took care of him, poured in oil and wine, bound up his wounds, set him on his own beast, took him to the inn, cared for him, paid for his care, I wonder, I like to hear, <laughs> I'm, I like to think that that man heard the Samaritan say those words, when I come again. And the man, in my mind, I can see 
not long after he was doing better. He was feeling better, but I can't help but think those words should have rang through his ears. And he, I could see him going to the door, looking out the door, looking down the road. He sees somebody coming. Is that the man that was so kind to me? No, not that one. Maybe the next one. Are we watching? Are we waiting? Are we anticipating seeing that one who gave himself for us, who gave his all, gave his own lifeblood to meet our needs? He set us on his own beast. He elevated us. He brought us into a place of blessing. We are children of the king. What a wonderful thing that we're blessing we've been brought into. And when I come again, are we watching? Are we waiting? Are we anticipating any moment for the Lord to come? Come down the road, so to speak. Oh, no, it won't be that. It'll be in a moment, in a moment of time, in the twinkling of an eye. He will hear the shout and the voice and the trump and will be in his presence. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Have a little prayer. Our God and Father, we thank Thee for our Savior who loved us and gave Himself for us. We thank Thee that He came to where we were. We didn't deserve it, but He bound up our wounds set us on his own beast, elevated us into a place of great honor and distinction, brought us to an inn where there are those that were thoroughly furnished, able to help, able to encourage, able to bless. And the love of the saints, it's a wonderful thing. When we experience that, it's just a foretaste of what it's going to be like in the presence of our Savior. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. And we hear, Behold, I come quickly. And the one word that we know that the Spirit and the Bride say together, in perfect harmony, one with another, Come, may it be on our lips often. Come, Lord Jesus. Take thy waiting people home. There are many going through trials today. <clears throat> Many are not well. Many are suffering because of this virus. Dear ones there in India, they've lost their jobs. They can't get out. They're starving. Come, Lord Jesus. In thy precious name, amen.